All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Low Notes, a podcast between myself and a friend, Dustin, who have a similar musical upbringing and are in different fields of music for our careers. This week, we have with us our first guest. This is Nathan Coronado from Friendswood, Texas. Nathan and I go way back. We met our freshman year of college. We were wrestling the musical fraternity Kappa Kappa Psi, the band fraternity, and we've been really close friends ever since. Nathan is currently the band director at Dawson High School in Pearland, Texas. That's a little bit south of Houston. And that is the high school that me and Dustin went to when we were in high school. And it is also the high school my sister's at. So Nathan is actually my sister's band director right now. She's back here. Uh, lots of ties with him, and we're excited to have him on today Thank to you discuss. For yeah, I appreciate it, guys. We're excited to have you on to discuss low brass pedagogy, What's college, good? high school experiences, and probably have a few fun stories in there since we've known each other for so long. Oh boy, I'm ready. Let's go. Um. So yeah, uh, I guess I could take this over here and uh, just mention that this this kind of idea of having the podcast in general and um, Nathan on as our first guest uh, is because when I was in high school um, and he was my band director, one of my friends, or I don't remember the exact specifics, um, but they came up to me with this video of him and Thomas in the U of H band hall just talking about uh, making an embouchure and, and just basic uh, pedagogical concepts and this kind of spiraled into this entire thing so um let's just dive into that and uh maybe a little bit about your time at u of h but when you wanted to be a band director and uh like you know what was that process like how did you discover your passion for music and really dive into your your career well you know okay so i guess you know everyone has like a beginning um you know i did the whole sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade thing i almost quit in sixth and seventh grade actually um i was like not signed up for band and just one friend both years was like dude stay in band just wait do it one year in high school and you'll be sold it'll be fun we'll have a good time and i did that and i never looked back you know i started taking lessons when i was a sophomore in high school and that year i got really good at my instrument i had a wonderful teacher um he was the ju my junior high band director and um kind of following that i just like all, was always practicing that was kind of my deal i played uh football and i also did band and kind of by the end of my junior year i was starting to realize like okay i've made all state i've like gotten the chance to play all this really cool music i got to go perform in an honor band concert with friends with high school, do all these really cool things. And it's like, this is something I'm really good at. I love doing this. Um, and, you know, that was what kind of was like, okay, I think I want to do this. And I didn't really know where that was necessarily going to take me. Um, I just knew that like being good at my instrument was kind of like the first step for me wanting to move forward in, in music. Um, and then once I started taking college auditions and I started to talk to some of the lesson teachers at Friendswood High School who were actually students at U of H, it was like, okay, I need to go there. And, um, you know, I don't know, it was just, a, I had a great high school experience. I, was, I had fun playing my instrument. It was great with all the people that I met. So it was just like, continue this life of music and let's see where this takes. So, um, I've always been one to just kind of take an opportunity when it comes and really cool things came my way when I was at U of H. So I just continued to, to embrace that. 
So um, definitely, definitely very fortunate with my high school career and the people that you know, helped me get to where I am now. So Yeah, that's really awesome. And, um, you know, both of you guys are uh, uh, alumnus of uh, U of H and I guess Go Cougs. Uh, Go Cougs. <laughs> Go Cougs. But, um, you know, uh, the Moore School of Music is a, a very successful uh, school for, for music in terms of the output of band directors. You know, uh, you got yeah. legends like Eddie Green and um, just churning out talent after talent in terms of playing and, and teaching. But, you know, individually, the Euphonium Studio is also very successful as well. Uh, yeah. And I, I just want to pick your brain a little bit and, and talk about your experience in, in the studio. Like, what was it like uh, with the, the competition of the studio? And, sure. and how did that friendship and, and fire, like burning, um, really push you to where you are as a director and where you are as a player? Well, um, originally, when I auditioned at U of H, I happened to audition right after all the graduate students did that day. So I, at U of H, I guess at the time they had like a member of like every studio, like a professor of every studio, like there to watch the graduates audition. And I had no idea. I was just like an 18 year old kid who came in. I think I had like, I was playing Bride of the Waves <laughs> and I just like, I walk in there and there's all of these people and Mark Barton was like, well, come shake our hands. And I was like, okay, I was super duper nervous. And, um, I got to meet all the staff there and it was, it was like, I thought it was normal. And I found out later that that was like a very unusual thing. And so I was like, okay, cool. Anyway, like during my audition, I was playing and Philip Freeman at the time was a euphonium professor there. Um, you know, also worked at Rice University, also plays with the Houston Symphony. Um, and he got up in the middle of my audition and he starts walking around. And I'm like, what's going on? As I'm playing this piece, I'm like, what's this guy doing right now? I'm a little unsure. And then we finish. He's like, okay, I, I think I think you'll be, a, you'll be a good fit here. I'd like you to be here. And there's a lot of, a lot of good comments, good things to keep working on from other, other people. But anyway, I get to the first day of school and you know we kind of get wind that philip freeman isn't teaching euphoniums anymore he's only teaching like two bass trombone players at our school and then he's not doing anything with euphonium and i was like what i kind of wanted to come here because of that guy (laughs) um and then you know we find out this guy named danny vinson and we're like who is this guy i have no idea what he looks like i had no idea he didn't have an office he's an adjunct professor so he's not even there but Thursdays and Fridays. So we get to our, our studio time that week and he introduces himself and he's a former, um, uh, oh, probably he's currently also, you know, uh, learning from Brian Bowman. He was a student of his, he went there, he was in the, the Coast Guard band. So he's, he's got direct ties with the whole UNT euphonium studio and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, he it's was a, a yeah, yeah, he was a part of all that stuff, and you know, he's one of Bowman's students who went on to take a, a military job, and um, you know, just you hear that about a dude, and you're like, okay, this guy's probably pretty cool to hang out with, and so we get to know him more, and it's like, okay, let's start with whole notes, and I start playing, he's like, stop, 
be doing it wrong. And I was like, huh? And we spent like 45 minutes on long tones. He's like, all right, good. All right. We got it. We kind of fixed it. All right. Go now to a three note lip slur. And I only made it 15 more minutes. And he was like, all right, well, that's where we are. And I was like, oh my God. And, you know, coming from someone who had like been giving all this praise and then you get to college and this guy's like, oh, uh, he didn't like rip me apart, but he's like, okay, you're doing it a little incorrect. Like you're just, your armature is a little, a little messed up. Let's fix this a little bit. And we spent like the first four weeks doing long tones and lip slurs. And that's all I did. Yeah. And then we started doing row shoes and, um, like he was constantly telling me, he's like, Nathan, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You're not getting away with anything unless it's absolutely correct. And I was like, okay, like you're the boss. I'm going to do everything you say to do because like, I, I'm, I trust you. Like you're, you're not just praising me anymore. You're challenging me to be better. And, um, he did that with pretty much all of us. Like there's a, like when I first started, there was, probably only four or five people in the studio when I got there and, but all of which were strong players. Um, and then me and five other freshmen joined the studio that year. So we like doubled the size, more than doubled the size of the studio. And, you know, me and a buddy, um, Luis Cardona, like we were always kind of going back and forth. We were always just trying to compete with one another. We both were entering competitions, um, uh, just trying to get our names out there in the be funny world a little bit. Um, I discovered, I was like, okay, this, I don't, I don't have the time to be practicing this much. He was a performance major and he was like, I got more time. I'm going to keep doing this. And yeah. he, uh, he took off. Um, in that next year we had, um, another guy named Kevin Finsky, who's like one of the top euphonium players, I'd say easily in the state of Texas right now. Um, and then the following year, we got another guy named Tyler Hardy. And so, you know, some of those guys and myself and another buddy of mine, Joseph Flores, like there's like four or five of us that were kind of around the same age. And then there were a few of young, a few older guys, um, Jaron Reyes, like there's like five or six of us that you could have put any of us in a top band and it would have been completely handled. And so there were some messages where it was just like rotating all the time. Like who made, who made win ensemble. Yeah. It would like be I different remember, every semester. Yeah. I made the win ensemble my second semester of my freshman year. And then I got bumped out my junior year and I was like super upset, but it was like, it's totally fine because at this point in time, everybody's created this like really respectful um, kind of like atmosphere in the studio, but we're all like, I have a comment. Let me help you out here. Let me give you advice on, on this piece that you're doing for Falcone. It was a very, like, we're going to support each other and, um, and like having fun mentality in the studio. So, you know, we got very lucky and there are more players I didn't even mention that like just continue to get better even as I left. So it just goes, you know, shout outs to, to Danny V for being the guy that created like a really motivating, fun atmosphere. Um, he never let you get by. Yeah. So, you know, the, the studio was like one of my favorite things because you could always walk in and you got to, you got to, your last performance was your, the telling of how good of a player you were. So it was always taken pretty seriously. Um, and, you know, he always just pushed us to be better players. So I'm like, I'm so thankful I had Danny V. It's, it's always so interesting to hear about, you know, how different studios 
do different things differently. Like they practice different things. Um, yeah. They focus on different things. But at the end of the day, it's like everyone's just trying to trying to get each other to to the next level. And yeah, as someone who goes to UNT and I get the privilege of studying with David Childs, who in a yeah. lot of people's opinions is one of the, if not the best euphonium players in the world. It's like, I, that guy is something else. <laughs> um, and, you know, just, just to hear your experience with someone who came from UNT as well. And that's like, you know, it just keeps passing on, but that's really interesting. Um, kind of the ne- next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, more of a conversation between you and Thomas, um, and leading into your student teaching, you know, like getting out of college, like, after all that fire was was um, done molding the iron, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next was student teaching, and you know I had the privilege of having you as a student teacher, and I also knew that you were at Friendswood as well. And yeah. so Thomas mentioned that we were when we were doing the prep for this that you guys had some interesting negotiations happening. With, we did. With, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Thomas, if you wanna, if you wanna take yeah, over. jump in, man. Yeah. So both negotiations actually worked out in our favor. Um, so when you're student teaching at U of H, uh, you know, you, they can't send more than one person to a school at a time. So the person who oversaw the student teachers at the time was John Benzer. He said, you know, work out your negotiations with each other and then come and see me to sign off. Well, it turns out a lot of us wanted the same couple schools because they were known for providing really good experiences for student teachers. And those schools were... Barry Miller Junior High with Chris Bennett, and Oak Ridge High School with, uh, at the time, it was Dana Prader-Vaughn, and then Gerald Dillard and Albert Baylor are still there. And those are the two placements that a lot of us wanted uh, as our junior high and high school placements. And Nathan and I had the same placements written down, so we kind of had to not duke it out, but sort of talk through what we're going to do about that. So um, I think as Nathan has suggested that he takes Barry Miller just because um, he wanted to be more involved in the PRLM cluster. And then uh, if he took Barry Miller, he'd let me have Oak Ridge um, as my high school placement. He would find somewhere else for high school. And I already had another junior high that I was really excited to go to. So it ended up working out for both of us. Uh, For Nathan, we'll get into this in a minute. Um, Student teaching at Dawson led into him getting his job there, which is an awesome, awesome uh, program uh, to be at. And for me, student teaching at Oak Ridge um, led to me getting my job with the German Google Corps over the summer, which is something I always wanted to do. And it's led to a really good relationship with um, Ms. Pradervon. It also led to the job of housing coordinator for U of H band camp. So the way in the negotiation kind of worked out for the best for both of us. We, we, we're, we're lucky it, it folded out that way, but I think that was a tense three minutes as we were figuring out what we were going to do. Yeah, I mean, and like, to jump in, it's so, it's so important you know, for anybody that's you know, listening and they – they're in college or whatever, like it's so important to like continue that great relationship between two, you and your colleagues. Like, yeah. yes, you're, you're, you might be competing maybe someday for a job, but ultimately you're trying to help each other out. And, um, you know, we both kind of saw advantages and disadvantages to compromising. And I think we were like, you know, it's going to be the best. We, we both saw the decisions, the things we wanted were going to be the, the best things for us. Yeah. Um, and, like I'm, I'm so thankful we did that because like I, I ended up going to the Woodlands High School for my first placement, mm-hmm. and like it was an amazing experience and it definitely helped prepare me for going to a, you know, a school like Dawson. There's, they're similar in some facets and 
like getting that chance to like kind of see a little bit of that before I interviewed for Dawson and anything and get the job. It was, it was a good place. And, you know, being with like Chris Bennett was like one of the things I was most looking for when I was getting closer to student teaching. I had watched him teach when he was at Bayside Intermediate. Um, I'd kind of like stayed really close with what's going on um, in, in his teaching stuff. So it was, it was something I was like, I really want this. Mm. And, you know, it presented doors, doors for me. And yeah, yeah there was, it was, it was funny about, we were, I was at, uh, where is it? Rogers teaching the sixth graders, the beginners and, um, Zimmerman, uh, Justin Zimmerman was the percussion director at Dawson. He taught the beginner classes at Rogers and he was talking to me one day. He's like, Hey man, are you applying for that job? At Do- are you going to play for the Daubert job at Dawson? I was like, I, I think so. Like, I think, yeah, I'd like to, it's, I was, you know, of course nervous about it and he works there. So I was a little like, how do I push this? I was just <laughs> a little nervous guy, I guess. Um, and, you know, I had the interview and everything afterwards, after I applied and I never heard anything back. And I was like, well, I guess that's what that is. It's fine. I had plans to interview other places. And the day before, uh, my, my second interview, um, I ran into Ryan Agard at Barry Miller. I happened to like go back to Barry Miller after doing stuff at U of H during the, the, the morning and middle of the day. And I ran into him and he was like, Hey, are you ready for your second interview tomorrow with the principal? And I was like, what, what's going on? <laughs> and he was like, did no one tell, I was like, no, I think he missed that. There's a miscommunication. He's like, Oh yeah, by the way, you have an interview tomorrow morning at Dawson high school with Miss Holt, myself, Mr. Bell and a few other people. And I was like, okay (laughs) and i got nervous and i actually had an interview right after that so i like left there went to another interview and you know everything worked out the way it should have um i think the relationships that thomas and i were able to build Mm -hmm. while we were at our student teaching placements definitely guided um a pathway for us to kind of be where we are now and to you know like i said form the relationships with people that are now going to be in our these people are going to be in our lives for forever so yeah and for me the trade-off as i went to first colony middle school which i was already excited about and that was beth ann adams in her last year and she's i mean she's a dear friend of mine now you know we we go get coffee all the time and just um you know there's relationships with miss carter vons and gerald jillard and albert bale i'm in grad school with them now and i worked with them at a, i worked with albert at a drum corps so like i don't know i just it was very not lucky because I knew those were going to be great experiences, but it's just one of those things that where we both sort of work together and we both benefit, benefited from it. And a lot of times at music schools, you know, at U of H, I think our culture is better about this. Um, but I hear a lot of times at music schools, it's just so cutthroat that people throw each other, uh, each other under the bus, you know, and really it's the better everybody gets out of a music school, the better it's going to be for all the kids that we're teaching, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're not if you're not doing it for that, What's the point? That's awesome. Yeah, it's so great to hear you guys talk about that and kind of reminisce some some old memories that weren't so Real. long ago, actually. <laughs> five, I know. five years? We're in year five? Yeah. I know. It hit me today. Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. I've been at the school for five years. Holy yeah, in, in band director world, we're still very young band directors. Oh, yeah. We're babies. Yeah. 
but let's uh let's keep moving on um sure. i actually kind of want to talk a little bit about my time at dawson with you and um, <laughs> all right so let me get my popcorn yeah so this was oh, a very God. this is a very interesting relationship because um i was really really stuck up in high school and um for for me it was like uh my freshman year was um, someone else had come in, um, and he had taken a job for a year and signed like a long-term contract, and then had suddenly dropped sophomore year. Then the entire world was in shambles because we had to hire some part-time uh, teachers, and then suddenly we walk into May camp uh, for the ju- my junior year, and we're being told that um, you're our new band director, and we're like. We walked up to you, and everyone's a section leader now. We're like, "Hey, Nathan, how's it going?" And, and you were like, "Yeah, you can't call me Nathan anymore. Um, uh, I'm actually gonna be the band director, so I'm Mr. Coronado." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> that was that was a sudden. I don't even remember that. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was really crazy because um, this kind of leads me into my next point. But everything that you were doing was, it seemed really immediate, you know. The turnaround from like oh a couple months ago he was like joking with us and you know teaching us but also like it was like if you were doing something it was like okay maybe we can try it this way or we can just kind of joke around with it and then come back to it at a later time but now it's like you know you got to get your stuff done and it was a lot more it was a lot more stern I would say so yeah um, uh, I want so this leads me into my question and that was um you know in your first year of teaching uh, for both of you I I guess um. What were some of the things that you kind of had to learn on the fly, you know, like the, the textbooks and the, the education classes didn't really teach you because oh my God. I'm not really in any education classes. I took a pedagogy class, but um, yeah. well, when when I was talking with Nathan before the recording started, you know, Dustin mentioned that video earlier and me and Nathan always talked about, you know, we watched that now. And we're like, oh, man, we didn't really know, you know, and I think we're, we're, we, we're talking about just the difference between knowing your material in theory and then knowing how to actually teach it. Uh, You know, me and Nathan, we call each other up and we can theorize about grass pedagogy for hours. When it comes to teaching your kids, it's like, you got to do what works, you know? And I think just first year teaching did that. I've got a, I feel like I have two first year teachings because I changed schools after my first year. But um, Nathan, what was that like for you teaching high school, like going from a tech to a band director at the same school? Man, it was just like, okay, we have to, like, kind of like Dustin said, it was like, all right, I'm, I'm so, I'm cool with you guys, but like, at the same time, like, this is my first year, this other guy, Ryan Agard, just hired me, and I got to make sure I do a good job, and um, I think my first year, man, I was trying to, I, I felt like I was, now that I reflect, I was very controlling of things, when I think things were set up, especially with, with you, Dustin, to probably handle more than what you were given and you know now it's like some a lot of those older kids the the kids that you knew when you were graduating they're now running things and managing things on their own um and like we like this summer we had section leaders managing pass-offs and they like had their own groups and sections and they were doing it just handling it and it was it was wonderful to see them do it and I kind of, I mean, if I had to go back, I would have probably been like, okay, Dustin, how do things operate here from a kid's perspective? How do I like implement the things I need to get done, but at the same time, make sure you guys are getting everything you need. And because like 
there were now that like when I think back on it, like there were probably so many other things you could have done with the wind ensemble players, and like just like long tones, lip slurs, articulation. I could have probably had you teach the class. I could have probably had some of the other strong players in the in the class get up and explain something because you're smart enough to do it. And, um, you know, but in terms of like things that I have to like learn on the fly and be aware of is like plans change like all the time. It was like, okay, we got drill today. It's time to do blah, blah, blah. Nathan, can they do this on a slide? And I'm like, uh, it's my first year teaching and I didn't pace this out very well. Oops. Well, we're going to teach that in fundamentals real quick, and then we're going to hopefully see them do it. <laughs> and, um, like, plans always changed. And you just had to kind of, at some point, kind of learn you're going to have a plan. You're going to have, like, maybe some other things you keep in mind and kind of your wheelhouse of things to pull out and just say, okay, let's do this instead. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, those first that first year was, was very much of a, all right, I need to get a grip on things here. Because these guys haven't had a band director, like a like a Dawson band director that's there. And if I yeah, if I could go back, I would have probably handed more things over and trusted you guys a bit more. Um, but you know, it's set up a, a a lot different now. So yeah. I think another big learning curve when you're teaching is kind of figuring out reaction time. Um, you know, before we had been teachers, we went to go observe at other schools. And when you're observing um, at another school or even at U of H, when we're observing another rehearsal, you know, we, you sit at the front and it's really easy to like pick apart what you hear and diagnose what you hear, uh, what you hear. But then when you're a teacher, you're trying to do all that while you're managing a classroom. And that is such a such another level to add to it you know it's oh yeah um, and like even to to add on to that like we have a student teacher right now at dawson and um you know he he's got all these questions and he's like he hears all these things himself and he's when they take a, talk about all these things and it, it's you see him do that from the side and then he gets up in front and it's a different perspective his mind is racing all yeah. of a sudden and you know the one of the things I would tell somebody who's in student teaching or new into the band directing world is like, have, have like one or two goals for everything you're wanting to achieve. Like, what do you want to see from the kids? And like, that's all you focus on at that moment in time. Like if breathing and starting a note together are the two goals, it, it doesn't matter what kind of sounds they make for the moment, but it, it matters that they did exactly what you were wanting them to do. And you kind of build, build a ladder from there. So mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think uh, from our background, too, we're so used to, you know, we could spend 45 minutes on concert F, you know, and I was in Marion West's ensemble for a very long time. He is a legendary educator. Just her information is amazing. Um, but her, her teaching style for college bands is to talk for a very long time. Like, he would lecture in rehearsal. And I, I swear, she's the only person who could lecture for a whole rehearsal, and the band still get better. Like, it was insane. It was, like, we'd still sound better after not playing because just the information she gave was so great. But coming, going from that to um, teaching a beginner class, it's so, um, you can't do that. You have the kid's attention for about three minutes, so you have to do something else. Yeah. 
And when I talked to her about that, she's like, oh yeah, don't teach them like I taught y'all in college. Like I taught y'all like that because you can handle that. She's like, spend four minutes on something and move on. Get it, get it just a little bit better than move on. You know, those skills are built over long periods of time. And I think for a lot of first year teachers, one of the major frustrations is that you spend so long on something in rehearsal and it doesn't immediately get better. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, for, for this week, you know, my band is mostly seventh graders because I teach the second bands. And really, they're just beginners who never finished a quarter of their year, you know. And, of course, I could spend the next month doing fundamentals with them. But if I did all just concert F in Remington today, one, it wouldn't get better in one day. And all I would do was, was get them to not like bands, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I, I'm going to have to space that out. You know, I did 15 minutes of fundamentals and then we got to music and the music didn't sound like what I want it to sound like, but they're going to enjoy band. And I have, I have all year to get them better at their instruments. And that's, you know, for me, I love fundamentals. Agar did a whole week of fundamentals in class one time. And that was like my favorite week of the school year. Cause like, Oh my gosh, we're getting better. <laughs> and that's not like typical experience. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting um, topic. Um, I, I really, like I like to push the conversation along, so I'm gonna jump in a little bit more. But um, one thing that that you both brought up was kind of the the concept of time and how you kind of have to you know, spread this idea of slowly getting better over over a long period of time. And you know, the the more that I am ex- um, experiencing new teaching styles and um, taking lessons from professional players, the more that that concept kind of gets drilled in. Is that because you know, it, you're always told to like do this and con- make it consistent and then keep going on and then eventually it'll get better. But that doesn't really click until you hear it from like, you know, someone, someone that's like, oh, he is the principal player of this orchestra. And if he's saying it, like, obviously it works. And so that's kind of one uh, where I want to take it next is the, the concept of like where these these high level players are taking these basic concepts and kind of mixing them and and what you as band directors are doing to kind of take um, new ideas and, and old ideas and mix them together to form your own kind of pedagogical stances. And like um, maybe Thomas or, or um, you could take that away with like, what are you doing and what have you been hearing to, to kind of take it and make it your own? Like, are you constantly learning from other directors or um, what's going on in that, in that regard? So I think one of the, big tools that a lot of band directors have is we have mentors who come and clinic us. Um, and that's, you know, every time uh, we have Mr. Wade McDonald, um, who won several honor bands, I think he won an honor band in middle school and an honor band in high school, something like that. Um, and just, I just take as many notes from him as possible. And that's, um, I don't know if you meant what's new as far as in pedagogy or what's new to me. But something that I take from him is just his calmness when he's talking. He can talk just normal voice and have the class's attention. Whereas when I teach, I feel like I'm, you know, running around like my hair is on fire. And I always, every time he comes in, I try to just take a step back. It's just band. These kids are smart. Let me talk to them like they want to be talked to. And let's go from there. You know, every now and then, you know, uh, (laughs) yeah, every now and then a seventh grade boy trumpet will need a, a sterner, like, (laughs) that's their approach but um you know it's i think that's a big thing for me is i i talk very fast when i'm excited like a lot of you probably know 
Um, but it's just to sort of calm down, focus my thoughts, let the kids know that playing their instrument is fun and it's calming to a degree and it shouldn't be stressful. Like it could be if, if I'm teaching very quickly. Um, but I know that's not cutting edge of pedagogy. I, maybe that's how you intended the question, but no, I, I, you, honestly, I just wanted to let you guys kind of take it away because you know, the way that I think about certain things is, is different from the way a teacher might you know think about it. It's like, um, if I'm thinking about something, you know, I'm a performance major, so it's like uh, James Markey might tell me something, and I'm going to analyze what it means and how I can apply it to my horn and how I can apply it to my technique and, and like, that regard of playing better. But, yeah. you know, if, if, a, if I, like, uh, Mr. Green would come in all the time and Mr. Bennett would come in all the time to, to Dawson, and I would watch as uh, our, our directors would kind of just sit there and, and take notes and so I, I wanted to pick your brain on it because you know obviously we have two different kinds of, of like challenges and um, now I just kind of want to pass it to, to Nathan because you know you yeah it's an interesting point Thomas but like is that the same thing for you or uh, do you do you kind of take things in in both regards uh, I don't know just what what are your thoughts on this uh, topic Nathan well so you know similar to Thomas like I've got my own mentors and um, you know, my, one of my biggest mentors is Aaron Brown, my head director. And like it even it's, it's happened so many times where he's like, all right, go do this, go teach it this way. And I make this plan and I'm like, okay, is it going to be exactly the way I, I intended? And then I start doing it and he later goes on and he's like, let's try it, maybe adjust it a little bit and, and do it this way. And, um, you know, he's, he's been so helpful, especially with the visual side of things and marching band explaining like the order of which things need to occur, not having a certain timetable that things need to be done, but rather, um, seeing the progress of the kids in, in that, in that place, um, and moving forward then, uh, you know, like, so once a kid's able to like march forward well enough in time with technique. It's like, okay, let's start introducing another concept and continue to refine. Now, in the classroom, like, you know, one of my favorite classes to teach is, like, the the concert two band at Dawson, the, the fourth ensemble, because, like, you know, you can see a, a, such a, a, a wide range of talent and, and skill level from the, the top middle ensembles and the bottom one. It's like, okay, today, guys, we are going to focus on when we set our faces – we're going to make sure that the armature set the correct way. We're going to make sure like the lips are touching the teeth. We're going to make like, we talk about some of those pedag pedagogical things as best we can, especially since like we're in the COVID era right now. And you've got like, I don't know, 80% of your class online and the rest, you know, like, you know, 10, 12 kids in class. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of try to give them as much pedagogy as we can, but more so at this point in time, it's very much of a, okay, we need to make sure we've got the show music memorized. We need to know where our step-offs are. We need to think about, like, and so we try to incorporate the, 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 the pedagogy in the music where we can. Like, one of the spots recently, like today, was, like, these low, these low brass players have this entrance. Uh, it's in 6-8, and they're coming in on big beat, too playing a dotted quarter note and then a dotted half note and it was just like pwah, pwah. <laughs> you're like oh my god how many times and it's so okay. ours ours were like that too today nathan it's fine 
exactly. And like, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what grade level you teach. They're all somewhat the same type of kid. They just like, there's maybe a little bit different ranges of talent and skill level based on years of experience. Um, but then you just like, all right, guys, you got to make sure like you, you set your sure you set the inside of your mouth and you set your tongue where it goes before the air starts going through the instrument. And then once that occurs, keep the aperture the same size. Don't let it balloon. Don't let the lips separate and get away from your teeth. Like you go through all these same things that they've heard forever. And you're like, okay, that's fine. They just need reminders. Like at some point they can learn a concept, but their kids are going to forget. So you have to remind and remind and remind until, you know, hopefully it becomes a habit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's cool to hear like how you at the collegiate level and you get to study with like, you know, big time names <laughs> and they tell you these things and you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta apply this in this way in my playing and this way in my playing and the band world. It's like, okay, to play a note, here's what we do sometimes yeah. or all the time. We gotta. We have to be ready to go first. We have to sit the right way. We have to breathe the right way. We have to set our face before we play. And like, and as a teacher, you just have to think of. The, I like to think of them as like, we're gonna build these tracks, this ladder, and we're gonna start with one thing. We're gonna continue to build, and as we go, I'm gonna remind you about these things, but I'm gonna continue to move on to other things. Yeah. Um, and as the year progresses, I think hopefully the kids would agree that like you start going into a little more important concepts like second and third levels of listening. Um, you start getting students to be more involved in the listening process from the front of the room. You start finding ways to get like the kids and different ensembles to become a part of what you're doing in your class. So it always is for me, it's always started like a, a very basic level. I'm like, okay, let's move on because no one's above the fundamentals, no mm -hmm. matter how good of a player you are. So absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, so we're running a little bit short on time, so I just want to wrap it up with a couple sure. of closing topics. But um, this next thing is going to kind of backtrack to one of the first things you said um, in, in answering this is your, you said your, one of your newer mentors is Aaron Brown. And, yeah. you know, um, for those who don't know about the, the Dawson High School situation, there was a, an, another um, head director and, and another brass director before. And, and so it's just been kind of cyclical for the last couple of years. A lot of talent has come and gone. Um, and so I wanted to kind of pose that question to you um, specifically because, Thomas, I know your, uh, your head band director situation is, is pretty, you know, you've been with the same person for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but for you, Nathan, you know, what, what was it like kind of having new members come in and, and leave and, what have you taken from from these new individuals and their their um, teaching or or learning styles and how does that kind of transfer from like you know the culture shift side and and how this applies to the way that you guys run the, the organization you know prioritize different things like where does where does that like go to a certain extent and can you talk about that yeah you know i i will say that any time that I've been there and there's been a, a change in, in staffing, it was always a bit of a surprise. Um, I don't know that, I think I, I, maybe there was one or two of them that were possibly looking for another place, but when I'd get a call, I was like, hey, this is gonna happen. And it's like, oh wow, really? 
And, you know, coming from a place in high school where I had the same junior high staff and same high school staff from the moment I started to when I finished, like that was just kind of weird to me at first. And then you start getting to know the people that come in and be a part of the program for however long they're there. And um, you're like, holy cow, these people are smart. Like they have so many things that they have to offer to our kids. Um, so many ways that they engage students. You're like, hold on, I need to write this down. Mm-hmm. You're like, I need to try to see how this applies in my own teaching. Um, you know, it every and every person I've worked with is different. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with so many different like types of people. It makes it really fun to go into work and like continue to build the relationships with them because now I can leave Dawson and go to TMEA and see people that I've worked with before and, and say, Hey man, how's it going? Like, how's uh, your new school year. going? <laughs> yeah. Not we do it virtually, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I'll go online and I'll just turn around and my, I'll, I'll see if my computer will just private, the private message them. Like, Hey, how's it going? For real. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's always surprising, but I think everybody kind of found has, like throughout the years, we've kind of found our little niche and, you know, now having Aaron at the helm, um, he's, you know, he's provided a great, a great place for our program. And not to say that, you know, Agard wasn't, Agard was a fantastic head director. He created so many wonderful things at Dawson and he's, um, he's so instrumental in where our program is now. And Aaron's been able to continue that and move it forward. Um, as you, I mean, I, as I think I, a lot of us expected to, he's, so easy to work with he's so kind he's um you know he's everything that i i really appreciate having in a mentor and then you know we've kind of built now a a really nice staff of different types of people and we've um different ages of people and years of experience and from people that don't that like our color guard directors from new york so we we're starting to build like people and kind of cover all perspectives so that when kids come to our classroom, they can try to and, and hopefully relate to at least one person and be able to have and see band as like a place that they want to be going every single day. And, you know, when there's a point in time where like, you know, things aren't working the right way, then we all sit down as a staff and we say, okay, what way, what can we do? And we even had that moment today. We were like, okay, there's too many assignments that we're giving to these kids if our band assignments are like causing us as much stress as their AP physics class, we're the ones in the, in the wrong right now. So like we, we told the kids no homework for Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you're free, go handle your lives. We'll be fine. It's just band. And so to, to, I guess, wrap that up, you know, it's always surprising having new people come and go. Um, but the relationships and the things you learn from them, is what you can take and apply to your own teaching, apply and put those things in your pocket and, you know, use those skills and those things that you need to at the right moment. Wow. Well, that is a, I think that's a good way to end the note. We're just about out of time. Um, and yeah, once again, I want to thank you uh, for being on the podcast. I know it's kind of weird to just talk to a, a former student and a friend about, such yeah. weird topics and, and stuff, but yeah. uh, this Thank is our this me. is our normal Wednesday night conversation, Dustin. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you we we invited you. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. In the um, in the world, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I was I was surprised and I was like super excited when when you guys you know kind of told me about the podcast and you guys were interested in having me in. So thank you so much. Of course. Well, anyways, thank you for uh, listening. Um, please be sure to follow us on. Um, all things podcast related uh, we'll be uploading these videos to youtube and some of these to itunes hopefully soon so thank you for listening thank you for joining us once again nathan and uh we'll see you next time all right take care